You're listening to Web Suasion Conversation, episode 15. Welcome to the show. I am Ryan Williams, president and founder of the Web Suasion Group and Kapoka Studios here at Pinewood Atlanta Studios in Fayetteville, Georgia. Today on the show, we have Emma Loggins. She is an entrepreneur and self-proclaimed geek girl who runs the FanBolt website as well as her own marketing firm, Excite Creative Studios. Today, we talk with Emma, among other things, about social media marketing. Here at Kapokus, we love working with marketers. What is often a struggle for marketers is getting a steady stream of quality content from their clients. Here at Kapokus, we specialize in creating an ongoing series of content for each client based on the deep knowledge they have in their industry. We have techniques and methods for digging deep into that knowledge to extract things they didn't even realize they knew, things they took for granted, and packaging that into bite-sized, easily digestible, and easy to understand tidbits of information that builds their credibility in their social media feeds. We hand that on to the marketers and they distribute it, repackage it for all the different social media feeds. So if you're a marketing director and you found unique content to be a struggle, give us a call and we are here to help you. 404-418-8909. That's Kapoka Studios, 404-418-8909. And now let's talk to Emma Loggins. Emma, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. So tell me a little bit about your background. Where did you go to school? I did my undergrad at Art Institute of Atlanta in Pittsburgh, and then I got my master's degree from Academy of Art in San Francisco. Okay, what was the focus on this? It was multimedia and web design and computer arts new media. Really? So what got you into that to begin with? I was a total geek in school. I loved computers, loved gaming, and I started making websites in 98 with, like, it's embarrassing to say now, but Microsoft front page. Right, early um, days. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so it's just making websites for, you know, bands that I liked and TV shows that I liked. Uh-huh. And one thing led to another. I started really enjoying coding and being able to build something from scratch. And again, huge geek, loved film, loved television, loved that genre of programming, you know, sci-fi and fantasy, and just started making websites for all of that. And it was just a hobby at the time. Right. So did you go straight from school into working with Warner Brothers? What was the situation with that? The genesis of all of it is I started a site in 2002 called Fanbolt all things geek culture and just kind of young adult television. So uh-huh. we had, you know, kind of sub-sites for Everwood and the OC and Supernatural series and uh-huh. Roswell. And really the whole technique behind all of it, it, you know, early days of SEO, figured out how to work the Google algorithm really well then. Right. And uh, so I built all these sub-sites that fed into FanBolt and were optimized for each of these shows. So I was getting the fan bases from each of these series and building up the overall site. And I had a site for the OC and Warner Brothers actually found it and reached out and said, we love what you're doing. Right. Um, at the time, it was ranking above the official site on Google, <laughs> which shocked. is kind of a, 
an yeah. awesome, crazy story. Yeah. Um, but they asked me to come and run a part of their official site. They were doing a, a fan club subscription site and they wanted me to run part of that. And so I did that from 2004 until 2007 when the series ended and really made the most out of it. Every connection I could make, yeah. every opportunity that surfaced, I just went for. So after that, did a few more campaigns with them, different DVD releases, films that were coming out uh-huh. and all of that sort of thing. And it just kind of led into me realizing as a girl in Atlanta before film was here that I could actually make a career out of my passion and geek culture and entertainment here, you know, on the other side of the country from Hollywood. Right. And how long did it take FanBolt to really kind of take off from the SEO standpoint? Because it takes a while for those algorithms, even though that was early. You got in kind of early when it was a little probably easier than it is now to get a whole lot easier. Yeah. So but (laughs) what did you find? How long did it take before you really found yourself placing so high in the rankings? Honestly, um, not long. It was I had no idea what I was doing in 2002. I was, you know, a freshman in college. Mm -hmm. And my server was crashing every time a show would air. And I I was like, oh my God, I'd get up to 8,000 people on the site at a time and everything would crash. Right. So it was a learning curve for sure. But what was really interesting is FanBolt in the early days was a huge message board community with all this content around it. And the birth of social media really kind of killed message board culture at that time and starting to kind of have a life of its own again. So it's like we were hugely popular in the very beginning and then social media hit and then we took a little bit of a dive and Uh you know the algorithms were changing. There were all these other sites that you could talk about film and television on and it was a bit of a struggle there for a hot minute. Yeah. When did Excite Creative Studios come into the picture? When did you decide I'm going to start a firm? Was it, I assume it came out of your experience working with Yeah, yeah, Dan it's um, it really was. I started doing I think the first website I did for a company was probably in the late 90s, probably late 98, 99. And I realized that I could start kind of doing that on the side for some extra money during school. And honestly, it's a blur. I think the LLC was officially started in 2009. Uh But I've been doing websites since eighth grade. So it feels like it's just kind of always been there. But yeah, Yeah. that was the official birth That's when you're legally Legally official. Uh Yeah. Yeah. That's how it often starts. If you could go back, is there anything that you would have started differently with the business as far as business development or how you structured it or hiring or anything like that? You know, hiring has has always been a huge struggle for me. Everyone that I work with is contract based. Mm-hmm. So we're we're 100% contract based, which has been really great to allow me to kind of grow but then not have this overhead if I don't have a certain amount of work, I right. don't have that expense, which is great. But it's really hard to find the right people. Yes. And I'm still figuring that out. Do you find a niche client that you work with and you know you've got a cachet of writers who will work with that or do you go across the board and medical, financial, whatever it is. Across the board. Um, okay, so you've have, got to juggle a lot. I then. do. I've learned a lot of interesting things about a lot of different industries. Um, but I love that because I think at the the core of what my passion is, I love building things. Yeah. So getting to work with clients in all these different industries, it's like a, I'm continually building brands and building businesses and, and helping them. So it's very satisfying for me uh-huh. um, to be able to do that. But yeah, no, it's um, my favorite clients to work with are the ones that want to think outside of the box and they don't want to just be a part of the noise of social media. Right. Those are the ones that are the most fun to work on and I get to be creative with. And yes, my formal background is on the tech side with web development and web design, but I've been writing since 2002 with right. Hamilton and even before that. So, um, so much of what I've been able to do there, which is really about 
fan engagement and fan engagement is relevant whether you're a film or sure. a doctor's office or yeah. an accounting firm. So being able to kind of tap into that and speak that language and create that engagement is something that my blogging background has given me the ability to do across multiple industries. Right. And you develop the knowledge to be able to write specifically for content marketing, which is an entirely different way of writing than people are used to. So do you find yourself going in with a new client and establishing how the process is going to work and then filling that with writers, like vetting and figuring out how, how do you work with a client when you go and how do you dictate, you know, how this is going to flow for them? A lot of times it's completely different for each client, which is definitely one of the bigger challenges to juggle. Some fully trust me, which is great. And I can have a lot of fun there. You know, I'm going through and I'm saying, all right, these are how many updates we're going to do. It's going to be this kind of blend of industry news, company news, just getting to know the company and getting to know the team members and just figuring out what that kind of blend of content is going to be. And then figuring out the cadence of, okay, I'm giving you updates to approve monthly, weekly, what does that look like? And of course, that's coming with creative to support all of that as well. So it's honestly, it's different with each client, because I do have clients that I work with that almost use me as a in-house marketing person. So Mm -hmm. to their clients, I appear as part of their team. Right. And so I have a few situations that I, you know, companies that I work with like that. So it's really whatever is most convenient and, you know, comfortable for the client. How do you explain to the clients that this is a long-term process, like that developing this is not going to happen next week or next month? It could be like a year before they see serious results. How do you keep them going? Well, I I like to find kind of the low-hanging fruit too. Uh So doing Facebook ad campaigns so that they can continually see that their their page likes are growing, that right. the engagement is there on each of the posts, which honestly you have to do on social media anyways. Right. It's, it's pay to play now yep. with, with all your updates. But it is a long-term plan that you have to put in place. And not only is that in regards to social media, but social media has to work in with your overall marketing and your website. And right. all of it has to work together and, and support the company. You know, if you're running an ad campaign that goes to your homepage and doesn't go to a landing page, or if you're, yeah. you know, the branding on your website doesn't match the branding on social or the quality in one place doesn't match the quality in another, then you're really doing yourself a disservice. Right. So it's, it's you know, having a conversation with a client that like all of these pieces have to support each other. And this is our game plan. This is what we're going to do. And this is what we expect to see. But like it is going to take time, especially for a brand new company for you to, you know, see sales being generated from your social media. Right. So when you're working with somebody, do you also do audience building so do you have like mechanisms of like building an Instagram following and building a Facebook following? How, what are you finding to be most effective? I mean, that's the thing that most businesses we found are like absolutely baffled by. I mean, you can put content out there, but if nobody's looking at it, what do you do? So what is the next step for businesses in those situations? It's definitely social media advertising. So usually what I do is I'll go in and I will, you know, talk to a client about who they think their audience is. And then we'll kind of create a couple of different audience segments and we'll do a series of creative that's targeted towards each one of those audiences. And then we'll see, you know, which creative performs best with which audience and which audience overall performs best and is most engaged and has the lowest cost of engagement for a company. So that has been really successful, especially for Facebook. Instagram's a little bit more tricky because they don't have that level of targeting available yet. 
I'm hoping that's going to change. It would be awesome to see that change. Well, but, and they've changed their algorithm so many times now. Yeah. Even like people were doing the follow unfollow technique for a while, and now you can't really do that anymore, apparently. Yeah. So, but you've amassed what twenty four thousand Instagram followers for yourself. Twenty three thousand something. Yeah. 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 So how long did that take? Because Instagram's been around how many years now? Like um, five, it was four? yeah, it's been around for a minute. And I remember I was so aggravated in the beginning that I couldn't be on it because I didn't have an iPhone. Yeah. I was an Android girl for a long time, um, and then I, I got one over. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> so when I got on there, my technique and a lot of what I've done to build my overall traffic on Fanbolt and and everything is it's all been incentive based. So with a lot of the stuff that I have access to, the the events that I go to or um, the celebrities that I meet, I can get things signed. I can get free passes to movies. I can get uh-huh. just cool swag to give away. And then it's honestly a little bit of bribery. Like, you want to win this? Like, follow me. Leave me a comment. Like, right. And then it's it's following up each of those with some degree of personal attention so that they feel a brand loyalty to you. And they will stay with you after, you know, a contest ends. Um, that's been the most successful for me in terms of building okay. Instagram, especially. For Excite Creative Studios, how are you going about your own business development? Or is there techniques that you found that work best for you for finding clients? Or are you doing networking? events? Networking events, but also, I mean, I haven't done much formal advertising, especially not in the last few years. I keep meaning to, but clients take, you know, yeah. they, they're they what my attention you're is on. You're the last to work on. Your, exactly. your own business is the last to get worked on. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but it's all been referral based, which okay. has been really great. Um, like previous clients or? Previous clients. Um, my dad, Ben Loggins, who's mm-hmm. uh, a CPA, uh, refers me to everyone, which is, <laughs> which is yep. great. I'm number one PR person. And then it's also people that see what I'm doing with Fanbolt and kind of like this geek girl branding that I've built for myself. And they're like, she seems like she has a lot of fun. She's really exciting. Like, I want her to work on my brand. Right. You know, I have a number of entertainment clients that have come in through that. Awesome. What do you see for Fanbolt moving forward? And what do you see for Excite? What would you like to see change? Most of what I'm seeing right now with Excite, we're kind of in this, I feel like, evolution. I'm still doing graphic design and web design um, and a lot of mobile UI, UX design, but most of our clients right now are social media based. And that seems to be really our sweet spot. Yeah. And it also gives us the chance to, you know, work on the landing pages, work on the creative, work on the branding, and kind of be able to touch everything. Yeah. Um, so I, I think in the future, we're probably going to go more in that direction. Rather still, than design as much, yeah. Yeah, it's still offering the others, but I think that's going to become the bulk. Well, of there our are so many base. companies out there doing web design. Yeah. And there's not a lot doing effective social media right. marketing. So I, I think that's probably a very smart move. If you've got a system that works, people are going to come to you in droves. Exactly. Uh, exactly. What would you say for most of the businesses from a social media standpoint or any kind of marketing standpoint, what are the biggest mistakes that they tend to make? Oh, wow. Branding is a huge one. Um, like not having branding? Not not having <laughs> branding a lot of times, not having consistency um, yeah. across all the places you're presenting your brand. If you do have a social media profile, I always tell people, look, if you're going to have it, you have to update it. Right. If you aren't going to update it, don't have it. 
Excite does not have an Instagram because I can't keep up with it. Right. Because it's, I'm, you know, working on my own, working on my clients, working on Fanbolts. So I'm not going to set up something that I can't keep up with because especially I feel like with the millennial generation, they do their research before they go with any service or any right. product. And if they go to your Facebook and it's not been updated in four months yeah. or two years in some cases yeah, that I've yeah. seen, that's not going to really evoke a lot of confidence. Right. You know, if you have it, update it. Quality is more important than quantity. Don't feel like you have to update every single day of the week just because you think you need to update every single day of the week. If you have one good thing to put out a week, put one thing out a week and, right. and, and do, do what you do well. Don't, don't add to the noise. Those are the main things, but the branding is such a big thing. It's your your branding and your website is how you present yourself to your clients. And if yeah. that doesn't look good, if everything is not crisp and clean, if you have typos on your website, all of those sorts of things, it's really important to have a second set of eyes, a professional look at it and tell you like, these are the areas that you could improve in. So since you got started in the kind of early days of blogging, that has obviously changed over time. Do you find that article blogging is still an effective means of content marketing? Absolutely. Um, that's really key for an SEO strategy to be able to have continual um, content on your website. And so when Google looks at you, you're updated. You know, things they, are changing. Things yeah. are changing. You're not yeah. stale. You have new content and you're able to, with each article, focus around a different keyword or key phrase right. or you know national or local keywords or whatever it may be. You have this opportunity to continually create content that helps you organically with Google, but then you're also creating great content to be able to push out on social. Right. And what are you finding from the standpoint, a lot of businesses that we deal with at least are very regional, local based, and they're trying to promote their Google local search, the snack pack showing up on the map and all that. Have you found techniques for blogging that have helped that? Or is that kind of a disconnected entity that's more based on reviews? What have you found? Well, I wish Google made their algorithms public because yeah. that would be awesome. We're all guessing. <laughs> We're yeah, all yeah. guessing. Yeah. Um, but kind of seeing what works and what doesn't. Um, there's so many things that contribute to your SEO ranking. Not only how many keywords you have, your keyword density on your, on your site, um, local if you're saying things like Atlanta lawyer versus lawyer, right. things like that. Obviously, your reviews count. The number of inbound links, the number of people that are linking to you, mm -hmm. saying, you know, referencing something that like you're optimizing for. But then also you linking out to other people too. Outbound right. links are important as well. And then of course, behind the scenes, you know, what alt tags do your images have yep. and all these kind of more technical things. And it all kind of creates this, this bundle of things that you need to be doing to be doing SEO effectively. And how do you go about building inbound links? Would you consider that social media marketing? Is that a separate technique? Because a lot of times businesses deal with the on-page SEO. They learn that they need to have the keyword density and the title tags right and all that kind of stuff, all right. these alt tags and the images, and, but they don't have anybody reaching out to other bloggers, trying to get them linking back in. What techniques have you found that gets them more inbound links that are valuable inbound links. I consider all of that content marketing and that kind of ties in in a way to influencer marketing too, which I also work on with other people that are influencers that are relevant in your space, right. having them link to you and, and showcase you as an expert matter. Maybe it's a blogger that has 10,000 followers and you set up certain guidelines of what you want the blogger to write about. Uh -huh. You then as a brand approve that before it goes live. Then once it does go live, you're able to, again, you're promoting that on your social, the bloggers promoting that on their social 
social, right. you're reaching a whole new audience from a trusted resource and you're building up your inbound links. So that's one of the ways that I really like to do it. And that's something that bloggers are really receptive to, especially when it's the right fit. Uh-huh. Um, it's got to be the right fit. You've got to be looking for the right people to to get your message across for it to be effective. But then also just guest blogging. You know, if you're in yeah. an industry that is complementary to another industry, you know, reach out to a colleague and say, hey, I'd love to do a guest post on your blog. Why don't you do one on mine too? Right. And share the link, love. So are, are you finding that's as common now? I mean, I, I know Forbes used to allow Huffington Post and a lot of them used to have, be a lot more open to people coming in and doing that. And they've started shutting a lot of that down on the bigger magazines. Are, is right. it, I know there's a ton of websites out there that nobody knows anything about, except they're just like a whole guest blogger network. How do you find the right ones to approach and how do you know who to avoid? And <laughs> Right. Yeah. Um, it's, it definitely requires research, you know, going in and looking at who the influencers are, the blogs in that space, looking at their domain authority, yeah. um, making sure that it's it is good and making sure that they don't have a lot of spam on their site. Right. Also making sure their content looks good. You don't want to work with someone that has really bad photos or, you know, yeah. doesn't speak in a way or doesn't use the grammatical structure that you would want yes. for your brand to be presented with. Yeah. And then I imagine also looking at their social media activity and seeing that they're responding to their community. They're not, they're real. They're not exactly. some algorithmic site. Yeah. Exactly. Excellent. Well, so is there anything else for a fan bolt moving forward that you're Excited about? Going to be launching a new message board because I feel like there's an opportunity for that again because of just a lot of people getting burnout with having those conversations on social media. And that's a whole nother topic, like kind of fan culture and social media. A lot of it is very toxic. And and, and terse and uh, you you can't have a a deep conversation over social media. Maybe Facebook a little bit. Maybe, maybe. But um, if you're looking to connect with other like-minded friends who, and you want to keep the toxicity out, um, I think there's definitely a place for for message boards kind of coming back from people that are getting a little burnout on just seeing the negativity on social. And so we're going to be doing that. We're going to be doing a lot more local stuff too, a lot more Atlanta geek culture and then exploring geek culture in different cities. Like get-togethers, events? Get-togethers, events, um, just kind of highlighting cool geeky things to do in each city. I've had the opportunity to work with different tourism boards. Like I went to Scotland and I highlighted a bunch of Harry Potter locations you could go to that they filmed at. In Ireland, I did the same thing with Game of Thrones and Star Wars. So kind of looking at like that culture in each city and where you can go to kind of, you know, geek out. Uh Um, We're going to be doing a lot more of that too. Awesome. Well, Emma, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the show. We hope you enjoyed it. Please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcasting network, be that Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcast, or wherever you might be subscribing to podcast. And also make sure you check out our YouTube channel. If you go to the WebSuasion website, W-E-B-S-U-A-S-I-O-N dot C-O-M, look at the logos at the very top, the social media logos, and you will see a YouTube link. Click on that and click the subscribe button and click on the bell icon. That will ensure that you see all the video segments that we post of these interviews as they go out throughout the week. Next week on the show, we have John Fortner of Success Mortgage Partners. John's going to share with us his business journey as well as some tips and tricks for how he's developed a successful mortgage business. We hope you'll join us. And until then, have a productive work week. (laughs) 